Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone, bringing you pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm thrilled to be joined by Parker Malloy. Hello. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. It is so nice to be on your brand new podcast. Yeah, you guys probably, most of you know Parker by now. Parker was uh, a frequent co-host of mine on Citizen Radio, and she's the goddamn best, which is why I wanted you back real quick on light trees and news yeah you know I, f- I feel like this is like it's like a, a good mix like when you when you describe the premise of the show it was like yeah this sounds like perfect because i i i obviously follow the news very closely but i also like things that like totally take my mind off the news and just try to enjoy things so it's like cool this is totally up my alley I think we really needed to. I had a few people write me and they were like, and I, I didn't know this uh, until they contacted me, but they said they used to have to pause Citizen Radio and like <laughs> return to it later in the day because the bad news became so overwhelming for them. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, I don't want that. That's terrible. That sounds like it's really hard on your mental health. So I think this format will be a little easier for people to process uh and then i like yeah. the idea of like leaving you on a happier note yeah yeah which is which is uh you know it's it's definitely good because i i, I think a lot of times like there because there there is so much like bad stuff happening in the world but like there's totally good stuff happening to things that you can find joy in so you know, you, you want to focus focus on that. And I understand that sometimes people can feel like, you know, people can feel like, oh, if I'm if I'm too focused on or if I enjoy something, I'm I'm ignoring something serious happening in the world. But it's like, no, you you have to enjoy things. Yeah. You have people, to take that time. People are really quick to do that, too. Like if you are talking about one thing, they accuse you of not caring about yeah. something else. And it's that that's such an unhealthy mentality. We can care about more than one thing at a time. And also for your own mental health, it's sometimes good to unplug and, and go watch a dumb movie. And I think guilting people for that is really cruel. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's that same thing where, you know, people will say, focus, focus. This is a distraction. Yeah. No, like life is a distraction. I mean, like everything happening around us, there's, there's a lot happening and we can, we can focus on, on a number of things, not everything, but a number of things at once. And, you know, don't feel bad for enjoying something. No. Even in the, even in our current hellscape. (laughs) Yeah. Please don't feel guilty about that. So speaking of our sweet, sweet distractions, Um, The way the news show works, and I've explained this in other episodes, is we have uh, a pop culture section. So I wanted to ask you, Parker, is there anything you're reading, watching, listening to right now that's helping you chill? So at your recommendation Mm -hmm. over the weekend, I watched uh, I watched all of Nailed It. Oh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's so good. So good. I, I just it's enjoyable. It's like. I don't know. It's it's just it's slightly different. It's an it's different enough from normal cooking shows to where you can kind of, you know, like it's it keeps you hooked. Like I really I really like there because, you know, like on the the last episode, one of the one of the things is a it's a trying to recreate a Donald Trump. Uh, cake. Oh, my God. It was so funny, though, like the contestants who clearly did not like trump like their <laughs> versions ended up looking like monsters and it, it was really amazing. it ended up being like a rorschach test yeah, yeah. like the end yeah, product then, you you really saw into their souls how much they hate him <laughs> and then there was then there was the one contestant who was like i like trump i voted for it for him. yeah and, and then like tried to actually recreate it but yeah the one was just like he's gonna look like the crypt keeper and it, <laughs> <laughs> it was great it's so good. Um, so yeah, so I enjoyed that. And then there was the there was that other. Um, you mentioned it on the first episode of your show, the um, the Australian baking thing. Oh, uh, Zumba's just desserts. That's it. I uh, Kayla and I watched <laughs> several episodes of that over the weekend too, and it was it was also also uh, pretty pretty enjoyable. Good. Um, you know, going into it, I was like, am I supposed to know who this who this chef dude is? But you know, it's like it's not. You know, it's Australian. Yeah. So I don't know. All you have to know is he's real good at baking shit. 
Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I am uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully this weekend getting caught up on uh, the second season of Santa Clarita Diet. Okay, so I remember when that came out, people were pretty unanimously saying it was like, okay. I liked it. It got better. I, well, I... I liked it. it was it was an interesting concept because the whole concept it's like a it's like a horror comedy kind right. of thing which is totally up my alley. I love that yes. sort of stuff, but yeah. you know, all, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant uh, are both both in it, and like it's just it's it's funny. It's kind of like it's it's a little goofy. It's a little over the top, um, but I. I you know, like towards the end of the season, I was just like, yeah, no, this is great. I hope there's a second season. And, mm. you know, it, it carried over. It's it might not be it's not my favorite show sure. in the world, but it's definitely um, it's definitely an enjoyable straight to Netflix kind of thing. That's an interesting point, too. I feel like some people have this expectation that everything needs to be like Breaking Bad level. And sometimes it's like, no, I just want a fun show to watch and yeah. not think for a little bit. It doesn't have to be, you know, an Emmy winner every time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's kind of going into pretty much any sort of um, any sort of TV show or movie or music. Like lately, I just. All I want is to like enjoy it. It might, you know, even if something's not technically good, you know, or if it's just kind of okay, but I had fun, you know, it's like, isn't that kind of what matters? Like, right. we don't have, we don't have to take this super critical approach to everything in our lives. Yeah. You know, guys, you could just enjoy stuff. Did you know that yeah. you can, you could just be like, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty okay. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's cool. That's fine. So but. I have a recommendation over at Netflix as well. I think I'm recommending it. I'm only on the third episode, I think, but it's called Wild Wild Country. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have been talking about this. It's a documentary by the the Duplass brothers. And it's about, I don't want to give like too many spoilers, but essentially it's about this very sleepy community rural community in Oregon that suddenly one day uh, a cult shows up and starts building a sprawling community. And it's interesting because the perspective of the documentary is both from the cult's point of view and they don't obviously call themselves a cult. They, they considered themselves to be a collective um, and a very like peaceful collective, but it, uh, I, uh, they do say in the, the setup of the documentary what eventually happens. Eventually, there is a, a violent conflict between these communities. And that's all I'll say. But it's interesting because I have only heard this story. And I've, I've heard this story a lot because it's, it's usually featured on true crime podcasts pretty prominently. Um, because it's, it's just such a wild story. And... I've always heard it from the perspective of, oh, this was a crazy cult. And and I and to a certain extent, I do still believe that because there was <clears throat> definitely questionable stuff going on. But mm -hmm. I had never heard anyone try to defend them a little bit. And it's really interesting. So that's all I'll say. Um, maybe check out Wild Wild Country if any of that sounded interesting to you. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I, I saw the I think I saw like the preview or trailer for that and it looked really cool dude really, and the really archival different. the archival footage they have like i've never seen any footage of the cult and the cult filmed themselves extensively so the Duplass brothers have all of the footage of them building the community and it's insane how much work they did i mean they built an electrical grid from scratch they they tilled crops they really turned a desert into this green oasis and they have all of the footage of it. It's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Uh, I definitely wanted to watch that. I also want to watch there's, there's another, there's a documentary about um, Adderall that looks really interesting. Oh, cool. Except for watching. So watching the, <laughs> the trailer for it, I was like, maybe I should get a prescription for Adderall. 
<laughs> like, I know that the end point is going to be like the dangers of it, but it's right. just like, huh, it'll make you smarter and faster and and more focused. And I'm just like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> like, I need all these things. Like, I am distracted by everything. I do, you know, I do have a super short attention span. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that I'm just like, if I watch this, am I really going to want Adderall? And then I've seen some people say, <laughs> I just watched this and now I want Adderall. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. I think this I think this made the opposite point they were trying to. Do you remember uh, what it's called? The documentary? Um, It is. Let's see. Parker searching for the name of a doc online. What's it called? Adderall documentary. It is called Take Your Pills. Nice. Uh, um, And yeah, it's like. And the reviews are kind of mixed, but yeah, it's like places are like, um, it's a little, it's, it's a little dark. It's a little, you know, yeah. and, but anyway, it's, it, it does like watching the, watch the trailer for it and let me know if you come away being like, man, I need those. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll, I'll give that a watch. And right. guys, right now we're going to go to a very special interview. I, uh, I conducted with some unexpected guests here at Light Treason News. Just a reminder that Monday podcasts always feature an interview with a, a very interesting person. Monday's episode was an interview with Mitski that you should go check out. Wednesday's episodes, today's episode, features um, you know, a more colorful character, let's say. And then on Friday's episodes, uh, there's a video pod for my $10 a month members over at Light Trees and News. So right now, we're going to pause. We're going to go to that interview. And uh, yeah, it was definitely um, interesting. Guys, this is so weird. Um, but a couple people just broke into my apartment and have commandeered two mics and have told me that. And I guess correct me if I'm wrong. Um, on on mic one is Hampton, a, a child actor. Hello. I I don't like to qualify with child. I'm just an actor. Oh, I I'm sorry. He, he's just an actor. Um, but you are a child. Yes. Oh, okay. And on mic two is, hey, again, guys, this is super weird. Um, but you know, the new show. I'm just trying to roll with things. Um, the lesbian who was cut from the reboot of Queer Eye. That's right, muchacho. Oh, uh, bet. Wow. Uh, well, I guess thank you for being on my show. Um, yeah. Somebody's gonna have to pay for the door. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to call you the lesbian. Yeah. What's your name? Bet. Bet, uh, you. Bet, yeah. you just leveled my front door, um, yeah. and I don't want to be a bee about this, yeah. but can, can I get some compensation for that? Uh, Y'all yeah, circle back to the Queer Eye producers and see if they can help out. Probably not. Oh, okay, uh, that's get, a bummer, but yeah. you know, whatever. It's my bad, um, though. This show exists on donations, but whatever. Um, so I guess I just want to ask, Bet, yep. uh, first and foremost, why were you cut from the reboot of Queer Eye? All right. Three reasons. One, said I was too stiff. You Two, are, I got to say, for the people who can't see you right now, you look like you're built of wood. You look that rigid. I am a bit scared. Oh, you're scaring Hampton. Sorry. I, uh, don't, bad. It, what, don't touch me. Stop. No, bet, I, bet hands yourself. Stop. My bad. Hands yourself. Look, she is so strong. It's okay, Hampton. It's, it's sorry. okay. My bad. Uh, I like to test out shoulders. What? You like to test out shoulders? People say yeah. that my arms are like noodles. People say I have the shoulders of a lumberjack. You, I, I gotta say, you are impressively built. Thank you um, so much. Hampton, you're a child actor. What have, have you been in anything I might have seen? Um, well, if you've been to the local Woodlake Elementary School production of A Chorus Line. I haven't. Um, you know, people... It, I, I did get picked up in the newspaper. They said I had a hauntingly disturbing um, portrayal of my character. Um, I played Michael, 
uh, who is famous for singing the song I Can Do That. Okay. Um, but I just actually, Bet, maybe you can help me out. I just I just got back yeah. from my audition for Survivor. Nice. Um, I'm sorry, audition for Survivor? Do they have children on Survivor now? It's not about age. Oh. It's okay. about grit. I don't understand I, uh, anything about the entertainment industry. Uh, Obviously not. Can I ask you? Can I ask you something? Yes. What'd you wear? Um, I wore what I'm wearing now: a, a cardigan, uh-huh. my khakis, and my uh-huh. sensible loafers. Should have worn cargos. Car- cargos? cargos. Cargo shorts. Mm. The pockets. Yeah, eight uh, pockets usually. Okay. I, I maybe I was wondering maybe you could train train me. I don't know. They, I hit all of my marks. They, they gave okay. me, you know, standing ovation oh, yeah. during my nice. deep, deep monologue. Nice. Um, but I'm, I'm just worried that I'm not, I'm not fit enough. Oh well, yeah, and I mean, yeah. Bet I've only known you a short time, but yeah. you seem very fit. Thank you so much. Yeah. I do cleat, uh, like a cleats? lot of cleats. Cr- you wear, do, you do cleats. I do cleats. You yeah. wear cleats. Yeah, it's well, you a- are wearing cleats right now. I was going to comment on that because <laughs> I believe those are for field sports. Yes. Uh huh. Absolutely. But you're wearing them as regular shoes. Yeah, I'll do. Uh, sometimes people will walk down the sidewalk, and I'll sprint by them. Backtrack. Wow. Sprint. What about backtrack? Tap shoes. I don't know what those are. I've got some in my backpack. You don't know what tap shoes are? I've never danced in my life. Jesus well, you knew Christ. it was related to dance, so uh-huh. I think you know what they are. I don't know what they do. Hey, Bet, can I ask you a question? Yep. Uh, how do you feel about yeah. the reboot of Queer? Have you seen the finished product? <laughs> yeah, I saw it because I thought I was in it. So you actually, wasn't. You filmed the entire filmed season with the entire guys, thing, and you were in every scene, and they cut you out. That seems like a lot of work. Intro walk and everything. And they cut me out. Just because you're stiff. Because I'm stiff. I wouldn't do the makeup chair. I wouldn't change out of my chinos. If you don't mind me asking, yep. maybe you could give us your 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 opening you know, intro to what you said. Yeah. Right. You know how like everybody has a catchphrase? Totally. So like when they were like, it's bad, like what was your thing you said? Oh, I wouldn't. I would just stare at the camera and say, hey. See, that's a little intimidating. I kind of get why. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, it's aggressive, yeah. yeah. See, okay. when I was auditioning for Survivor, I knew yeah. that I had to have a thing. Because, okay. you know, Survivor's all about strategy. Right. Um, and I'm all about, you know, staying true to who I am. So I created this character that I was playing, um, Mark Vanderhusen. Okay. And so in my audition, I just embodied Mark. And I, I knew that he was a very strategic player. So, you know, whenever I was placed in a situation where I had to contemplate an alliance or find an immunity idol, I'd stand with one leg on a rock and I'd say, take me home, Sally. Was that nice? Thank you. You So you were acting just then? Yes. Oh, Oh, excuse me. Beth's crying. No, I was just because it was like your regular speaking voice and like it wasn't any kind of... Look, I'm a method actor. I don't have to put on a funny voice. Doesn't method mean that you get into the skin of a character? It's not just that you walk around as yourself. Oh my God, look at me right now. Look at how I'm sitting. Hampton. Yep. Now look at me now. I don't see. Did you change? Oh, you're Mark? Yes. Now look at me now. Hampton. Now look at me, Mark. You're just moving your body slightly to the left and to the right and saying you're a new person. No, I'm not. Mark has a limp. He has been training so long physically that his body has to sit this way. And Hampton, it's me and I can sit straight. I'm a different person. Okay. Mark. God, I Hampton. don't get the entertainment Mark, industry. Hampton. Mark. Hampton. Bet, are you picking up on it? Hampton. What Hampton's Mark, thrown down? Hampton. You know, the thing is, at my core, I'm not an actor. I'm just bet. Excuse me? So what I'm saying is I'm not sure I understand the method acting and the acting you're profession. Just, you're 100% authentic. I'm just bet. bet. Well, now you brought I know me on as bet, but... Hey, bet, let me ask you something. Absolutely. If bet could have yep. been in control of the, the reboot of Queer yep. Eye, what changes would you have made? Oh, my God. Number one, every episode is centered around a Home Depot. Okay. Just the Home What's Depot. What's that? So you never actually see the home of like the family or anything? What's, no, most of oh, it's... Hold on, we're Hampton's sh- Hampton, some people who aren't children actors. Yeah. Can um, you please just call me an actor? Sure. Uh, some P- Hampton, 
the actor. Is that okay? I'm Mark now. Oh, he just like moved slightly. Uh, do I call you Mark now? Of course you'd call me Mark. Okay, I'm, I'm Mark. I... That's who I am. <sighs> I'm Mark Vanderhusen. Take me home, Sally. All right. Uh, Bananas, Mark, muchacho. Some people who aren't actors. I'm Hampton now. Okay. Hampton. Some people who aren't actors have to build things. Mm-hmm. So they got Mark. It, it's Mark. It's I know Mark. all about building things. I've built forts. I've built. Where do you think we stay in survival? We stay in, in shelters that I built okay, with so, my hands. So you know what yeah. it's like? You build a hut. Yes. So some people have to make improvements to their huts in real life. And so they go to Home Depot and they get like yeah. wood and nails. And Do you get to me? vote someone off once you're in? No. They voted me off, technically. Oh my God. Just yeah. in terms of cutting me out. that in common. Bet's been voted off of Clear Eye. <sighs> yeah. And Mark, you me. might be voted off of Survivor if you get on yeah. the show. Well, I'm going to win if I'm on the show. Yeah. Take me home, Sally. It's just the one line over and over. Yeah. Uh, so, bet yeah. every episode centered around Home Depot. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, they brought me on in my... Uh, you know, Jonathan has his hair and, and, and Tan does clothes. My expertise was woodworking and handheld tools. So I really want to... S- now, wouldn't that have, like, encroached on Bobby's territory? Like, That's the thing. the house? Everyone sees Bobby and they're like, oh, look at him design these homes. Look at him. He drew the layout every time. Nailed it. I single-handedly redecorated Holy seven shit. homes and the firehouse. Bet you did all of that? I did all of it and they wouldn't let me stay in the fucking loft. I gotta tell you, that's shady as fuck. I'm pissed. So was I. Check <sighs> the deleted scenes, though. I'm in those. Wow. I can... Can someone make an in memoriam for Bet? Thanks. From Queer Eye? Because I'm pissed. So am I. Season two, though, said they're bringing me back. Really? What? Fingers crossed I'll be on it this time. I don't think you're going to be on it, Bet. i got to be yeah. honest with you. Oh, man. Do you, th- do you think there's room for um, a, a dance a dance consultant? No, say no. <sighs> Thing is, I don't like children. I'm, I'm an actor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hampton, you're an actor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm mock now. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, this has been okay. a, a very confusing 10 minutes for me. Um, Hampton and Bet, I'm going to have to... Uh, sorry, Mark and, and Bet. Back yep. to Hampton. Fuck. Hampton and Bet, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to please leave my apartment okay. and try not to destroy um, anything on your way can, out. Can I can ask you, you something? You, are you going to cut me out? Bet, no. I'm going to keep nice. you in. Okay, nice. This is the first time Bet gets to stay. Hell yeah. So, uh, Hampton, I'll call your mom. Mark... I'll call your mom, too. Take me home, Sally. Oh, damn it. Yeah, like I said, um, interesting times. So, yeah. Parker, <laughs> I I wanted to talk with you about we're in our good news, bad news section. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of um, bad news that we could get to right now it that's actually the biggest struggle i've had with this show so far where i'm like Picking one bad news. one bad news because i do get into that mindset where i'm like i don't want people to think i'm not interested uh, in certain stories or i think they're less important i just want to do a bit of a deeper dive into one story so right now here we are here's your bad news for the day So, I wanted to talk about Cambridge Analytica. All right. And I guess just to recap and, you know, shout out to Wikipedia for the concise (laughs) explanation of Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica is a British political consulting firm which combines data mining, data brokerage, and data, data analysis with strategic communication for the electoral process. So what does that mean? Uh, they mine your data to figure out who you are, what you like, how you're likely to vote, and then they give it, sell it, to political campaigns so those political campaigns can figure out how to reach you in the most efficient way possible. Yeah. So... We- 
Which is totally, I mean, that's that's the goal of any sort of digital setup. Like, that's yeah. not out of the ordinary. The shady thing about Cambridge Analytica and about, you know, Facebook and, and places, uh, social media like that is, oftentimes people didn't realize their data was being mined for for this purpose. And they didn't realize they would, were being targeted with things like fake news to sway them to vote for someone like Donald Trump. Yeah. And that's where it gets shady. So... In March of 2018, multiple media outlets broke news of Cambridge Analytica's business practices. The New York Times and The Observer reported on the Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, Analytic, Analytica data breach in which the company used, for political purposes, personal information acquired from Facebook without user's permission by an external researcher who claimed to be collecting it for academic purposes so that's where everybody got in trouble and i mean in trouble meaning there was backlash so there's been a lot of criticism of facebook you've probably seen some of your friends saying they're going to boycott facebook so i wanted to talk about this because i get the anger towards cambridge analytica i get the anger towards facebook mark zuckerberg is just such an easily hateable guy you know, he's just, he has a punchable face. So I get people being like, this little weasel fucker took our data. Here's where I take issue <laughs> with people saying they're boycotting Facebook. If you think this isn't happening on every social media platform, you're delusional. Like, this happens everywhere. And... I get that Facebook maybe took it to a next level, but they're by no means the only ones doing this. So sure, hate Facebook, be mad at Facebook, but then I also hope you're applying that same standard to other websites and other social media platforms that are also using data mining and selling your information to these kinds of firms. Yeah, yeah. It's um, being online. It's... (laughs) kind yeah. of un- unavoidable and it's it's something that so I've been, I've been actually reading reading a few books on um on this topic because um I'm I'm planning on trying to pitch a book on this sort of topic. <gasps> oh my goodness, Parker. Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's interesting, you know, it's like Very. and, and be, so before I was before I like actually was able to uh land a full-time job writing, I um I, I used to work at, at an at an ad agency where I would I would do digital media marketing, and so a lot of it would be targeting on Facebook and stuff like that. And it's kind of interesting to see how how much information people give away about themselves, and even when they don't, how Facebook is able to match, figure out who you are, even if even if it's not. Um, you know, even if you didn't give them permission to use something, they can just kind of use context clues to tie it all together or make a an educated guess. Yeah, and not not ad, ad targeting. Not to sound like a Republican, but I do feel like we as online users need to take a little personal responsibility as well. Because how often have you seen someone complain about the fact that they got an ad that wasn't targeted correctly towards them? Where they're like, why am I getting this ad? So to a certain extent, we like it when our online experiences are molded to suit our lives and and our vision of our lives. So like if I get ads that are more relevant to me, I'm sort of like, yeah, I should be getting those. So to a certain extent, we expect that from our, our social media experience. Oh, totally. And and that's the thing. I mean, my... My opinion. So my opinion when I when I when I was working at this at this ad agency um, was essentially it's like wouldn't people rather have relevant if you're going to be served ads anyway, which we all are, wouldn't you rather get ads that are relevant to your interests that tell you about a product that you might need or want or would use? And I th- I still think that's true. Like you know um, like I which this is kind of sad. I, I get these targeted ads that are constantly like, hey, uh, here's this new app to help people with depression. And I'm just like, <laughs> shut up, Facebook. So on brand. Uh, so on brand. It's also where I first saw the um, first saw the ad for the um, the gravity blanket, the weighted blanket. Mm. And I saw it and I kept getting served the ad for it. And I finally bought it. And it's excellent. 
And, you know, had it not been for Facebook, I probably would not have um, would not have seen that and would not have purchased that. And all that all that would have happened would be the people behind this company would have had to spend more on marketing, meaning they would have had to raise their own prices higher um, to cover for the increased cost in marketing to reach a larger crowd. And so it's one of those things where if you think about it, you're like, okay, efficient ad targeting means that they're spending, you know, in theory, less on marketing because they don't have to just put it out to everyone. Um, You know, so it's like, so as a consumer, does that help me? You know, there's that sort of rationale. As a consumer and also as a small business owner, because I, for example, I'm trying to reach more people about light trees and news. So I I just bought a sponsored ad through Facebook to do that because that will help me. And there's all kinds of demographics I can choose from um, because I know who listens to my show. So it, it helped me reach them in an inefficient way. So there's that side of it, which I think is like a lot of people look at and say, that makes sense. I understand that. But then there's a, a darker side to the data mining stuff, which is what happened during the whole election, right. where there's this guy, Christopher Wiley, who is the whistleblower from Cambridge Analytica, who came forward and said um, n- no one really understood the extent of it or how nefarious it was. And he just gave a wild testimony in front of British Parliament on Tuesday in uh, which he completely threw Cambridge Analytica under the bus and he said they don't care whether or not it's legal as long as it gets the job done. He painted a picture of a lawless organization seeking to disrupt elections around the world. He claimed an offshoot of the company distributed videos of dismembered people in an attempt to intimidate Nigerian voters. He claims his predecessor was poisoned and the police were bribed not to investigate it, uh, though he conceded that is speculation so far. He doesn't have evidence of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, you've probably seen Christopher. He has very bright pink hair. And he's really been uh, the star of this story because he was the one who came forward and talked about the extent of the data mining, how people didn't fully understand, like... Truly, like the way Cambridge Analytica broke down data, it was like they would profile a Trump supporter and get into really minute details about their likes and interests. And they were able to figure out stuff like people who like white Nike shoes are more likely to vote for Trump. So they were sort of finding people that way. And that's something that a lot of people do didn't understand their data was being used for. And there's also a lot of questions about how, if any of this is legal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Cause it, we're sort of in the weeds, technologically speaking with all of this, because the technology is so far ahead of the law that we're now sort of having this conversation, or maybe we're about to have this conversation. Should this be legal to use people's information this way? Right. And I mean, and that's, that's an excellent, uh, that's an excellent question. And I I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I almost have to wonder whether, whether it's more a putting limits on what, you know, setting advertising guidelines, you know, I mean, I I get that you don't want to have, you don't, (laughs) Meatball, Meatball, what you doing? Does does she have views on Cambridge Analytica? Apparently. She's like, I have my Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> you stay away from the cat, Meatball. Oh, I got a notice from Tumblr that I had either liked or retweeted some accounts that were banned because they were Russian oh, yeah. puppet accounts. Yeah. That's that's always interesting. It's, yeah. it's You know, and I, I got that email from uh, from Twitter where they were like, by the way... <laughs> <laughs> you at some point interacted with a Russian account and you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, probably at some point I responded to some troll. Right. And you know, that's that. I know some people who are like, how dare you say that the weirdest thing are the people who are angry that they're being told that the people they um like interacted with are 
like trolls or like foreign. They're <laughs> like, no, this person, I agree with this person. And it's just like, okay, you may agree with what they're saying. Well, but the whole idea you know, was they like, were, they were disguising themselves as like yeah. black lives matter accounts and stuff like, so of course you probably liked a post because they were using the language yeah. of the movement. And, and the thing is some, some of the things that were being said were, were totally reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, one thing I do want to mention when it comes to Facebook is to, um, you know, is is you can control you can control your data a little bit yes. better. You know, like there, be sure to look at like if you go into your settings, um, there's there's a little thing that there's it says apps, and then there's one below it that says ads, and when you click on apps, it like says like which which apps you you've used to log in with like use your facebook account to log in with and it looks like i have i have used facebook to log into 178 different sites which is probably <laughs> not great yeah and like some of them are really weird that i'm like why did i ever have to uh log in with that and it's like accuweather it's like that doesn't seem like i needed to use facebook for angry birds why right, right. <laughs> um but like you know and same thing with like what you know what um other apps, uh, what what other apps can can see, you know? So right. like if you click apps others use, people on Facebook who can see your info can bring it with them when they use apps. See, and that's that's another thing. Like be be careful with who you friend on there. I mean, yeah. you know, and but you can control what they can, um, what what like if one of your friends clicks on to some, gives permission <laughs> to take all their data, um. Looking at this, uh, Facebook tells me that uh, I currently have it set to where uh, people can bring with them my bio, birthday, family and relationships, my website name, if I'm online, posts on my timeline, hometown, current city, education and work, activities, interests and things I like, and my app activity. Like, those are not all things I want, like, any of my friends to be able to, like, anyone to get my information if one of my friends clicks on some shady link. So, I mean, that right there, just just looking at this, it's like, go through your stuff today. Yeah, uh, as we were speaking, I'm removing apps from my Facebook page. (laughs) And you're right, some of them I'm, I'm like, I don't even remember downloading this. I don't know what this is. Yeah, so shady. Uh, so I also wanted to make a distinction, obviously, between there's a difference between a, a targeted political ad that's like, hey, you live in Brooklyn, you're a feminist, here's a Hillary Clinton ad, and showing someone fake news, yeah. you know? So there's a difference between, do we want to, do we want data mining to be legal if it's used in a responsible way whatever that means because right now what we have is data mining there's really not like extensively written laws about it and it can be used as we saw during the election to show trump supporters fake news about hillary clinton yeah that is incredibly dangerous yeah absolutely and you know i mean i mean first off don't 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 take some goofy Facebook quiz. <laughs> Just don't. Yeah. Um, or, or on any website, anything that you have to log in with, uh, pick and choose those carefully. You know, you don't need a. don't log in with Facebook for the, what would I look like as the other gender or, <laughs> you know, um, there, there was another thing that, uh, remember when everyone was posting photos from, there was a thing that was like, Oh, um, you know, it'll upload your selfie and it'll show you what what uh, works of art you look like. Or I something did like that, that one. I did that one. Yeah. Like uh, it, it wasn't available in Illinois. Um, and it was kind of weird because and looking it up, it was because Illinois has a privacy law. Wow. That basically whatever because it was from Google. It yeah. wasn't like some shady other company. It was Google. And uh illinois privacy law basically like it wasn't compliant with it which is scary that it's just like oh it was storing some data of your face cool <laughs> you know that, that's a hundred percent why hasn't there been a dystopian film made yet about how we just voluntarily gave our faces to google so that they could 
collaborate with the police and find us literally whenever they wanted because that's how it's going to happen yeah well because i'm an idiot and wanted to know what painting i look like and like none of the matches were really that great it was always like mine were great okay mine were great so so the well the, the funny so the funny thing is that wasn't that wasn't you couldn't use it in Illinois, but then I went on a work trip to LA. <laughs> so I did it when I was out there. Great, great. And, and then uh Kayla when she went to New York like last month, she was like three months behind everyone. <laughs> She's like, I don't care that I'm late to this. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, so I also want to know how you guys feel about this. So hashtag light treason pod. Um, Because I do think there's a gray area here. Uh, As I said, I feel like some of this targeting, some of this data mining plays into things that we do want. Like I said, the targeting of ads and stuff like that. But I think the biggest problem here is the secrecy. The fact that Facebook does this shit, and I feel like Facebook gets busted every six months for something like this, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll try to do better. And it's like, no. I mean, now at this point, it's a pattern of secrecy that you guys are shady. You're fucking shady. And and that's why people are getting so upset. If they were just very upfront, well, let me not say that, because the reason they're not being very upfront, I think, is because if people actually knew how their data was being used, they would be really upset. So Facebook is lying, they're keeping secrets, and then when they're busted, Mark Zuckerberg claims that they're going to do better. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Mark Zuckerberg eventually claims they're going to do better after like dropping off the radar for a weirdly long time. Yeah, well, and it, it puts them in a really weird position because you can either say, because, I mean, after, remember after the election when, when someone asked Mark Zuckerberg about, you know, whether... Facebook posts influenced people and he's like, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's the whole point of advertising. Like you can't say that like you can't say, oh no, it's ridiculous that people would be swayed by by something they saw on Facebook. But it's not. I mean no, <laughs> at like all. That's, that's the whole concept of advertising. If if people weren't swayed by things they saw in everyday life, uh there there would be no need to advertise anything. Right. You know? And yeah, I mean, Trump supporters were probably Trump supporters before, but you know, we we saw a lot of the a lot of that targeting was going for people who were Bernie supporters and trying to be like, "Hey, uh go and uh, you know, vote for Jill Stein. It's not a wasted vote." You know, like those things where it was trying to just it was trying to you know, dissuade people from from going out and voting for Clinton. And, you know, and I mean, I personally know some people who after the like after the DNC emails leaked, which was, you know, again, it was the the Russians hacked the DNC's emails and released them via WikiLeaks. Like yeah. that was that was like a two month story like that yeah. kept coming up. And of course, that influenced people. I know people who were who were influenced by something they read in a, in an email released by WikiLeaks that we only knew about because Russians were were getting involved in the election you know it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah like that's not information that we we would have otherwise known um and and I I get that this is all kind of c- coming together and combining but it's like yeah it was a perfect storm of uh sort of disinformation and i was i was thinking about this in the context of uh with april fool's day coming up mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird like now it's just like everything every day is april fool's day everyone's sharing constantly sharing things that that reinforce their beliefs that um you know oh who cares if it's fake that's it's what they mean anyway that was a response i saw to people sharing these these videos or photos of of uh, that Emma Gonzalez uh, tearing up a yeah the Constitution yeah which which it was really just a, a a shooting range target yeah and they're like well that's what she wants to do anyway it's like <sighs> yeah that's the thing it's confirmation bias where even when confronted with the truth people tend to be like well it's probably true it's like no that's that's an important distinction between what you think is true and it, what is actually true by the way guys that entire time i was removing uh, 
apps from my Facebook page. <laughs> so go check that out. That was enlightening. And by the way, guys, it's time to leave you on your merry little ways. Here is your good news. By the way, just an insight into how I'm thinking right now. I said bad news twice and I had to do that over to be like, no, I'm leaving you with good news. So that's where I'm at. Um, So Parker, by the way, feel free if you have your own good news to talk about that. Um, But I was encouraged when I saw that retired Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens on Tuesday called for the outright repeal of the Second Amendment in a New York Times op-ed. So that felt pretty significant. And there have been other moments that have felt pretty significant after the, the Parkland massacre. You know, Emma Gonzalez, David Hogg, these really amazing young people organizing and fighting for gun control. The March for Our Lives uh, was really, really powerful. But... This is the first time I can remember maybe ever hearing people call for the outright repeal of the Second Amendment. And maybe I shouldn't say people, but people like retired Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens. Yeah, that was I mean, that was that was pretty cool. And uh, immediately like Washington Post wrote up a story. Aaron Blake at Washington Post wrote up John Paul Stevens, supremely unhelpful call to repeal. <laughs> It's like, no, man, we got to move. We got to move that Overton window. Yeah. Back. Like, yeah, because like, no, the Second Amendment's not going to be repealed. But at the same time, it's like you've got on one end, you've got the the dudes who are like, I should be able to own a nuke because the government owns nukes. And like if the most extreme part on the left is, hey, we should have some like moderate restrictions on things. It's like then you're going to end up with something like weirdly in the middle of that, which is just going to be everyone should still be able to be allowed to buy uh, you know, assault rifle. So yeah, I'm all in favor of, of, you know, moving that, staking out the furthest left position on that. Yeah. I, I <laughs> think know? that finding something in between, <laughs> I think those are the only meaningful moments where, or I should say, those are the only moments where meaningful reforms happen when you, and people tell you this in like salary negotiations, right? You ask for the moon, so the compromise is still more than you were expecting. If we go into it asking for these very, very small compromises on gun control that ultimately won't address the much larger problem we have in the United States with our gun culture, nothing meaningful will change. So I think it's really important for people like stevens to be calling for the repeal of the second amendment will it happen probably not but if we start to have that conversation then maybe we'll actually get some actual gun legislation passed maybe maybe just maybe and i mean you know obviously there's other issues as well that need to be addressed we need to acknowledge the fact that most of these shooters are pissed off white men um we need to talk about toxic masculinity. We need to talk about violent misogyny because, um, you know, shootings in which there was some kind of domestic violence situation are very, very frequent. And we don't talk about that at all in the United States. So there are other conversations we need to have in addition to saying repeal the Second Amendment. But I think those kinds of really bold declarative statements are necessary during a time when there is it's such a dangerous environment with guns. I think we need bold thinking like that. I agree. I am 100% on board with, you know, creative solutions. The one the one weird thing we there cuz I posted that this morning and someone was like, "Uh, second amendment can't be repealed." And I'm just like, "Dude, you're arguing with the the guy who wrote this was on the Supreme Court." <laughs> Like knowing the constitutions, his whole thing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind like, of his bag. It's like that's the job, you know. And they're like, "No, it's <laughs> like, all right, we're done here. We're oh. done here." And other people were like, "Oh, he gets all brave after he retired." It's like, 
what was he supposed to do? Like he 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 wrote the dissent in DC versus Heller, and that's really the content of his uh, of his op ed was. You know, it's right. Uh, did, I don't know. I but wanted, I'm happy he wrote it. Yes, I am too. I wanted to ask you: um, Are there any happy stories? And if no happy stories, was there anything that just made you happy during the week? Uh, ugh, Major League Baseball is back this week. Oh boy! Super excited for that. It's the one objectively good thing in this world. So. Parker and I I don't mean this as an insult. I just genuinely forget every time that you are a hardcore baseball fan. I love baseball. I've so I've tweeted at the Cubs um like 30 times to be like, "Hey, can I throw out a first pitch?" <laughs> and they they never reply. Sure. But I know sometimes they see my tweets. Um but I I, I I feel like they don't want to start a precedent of just letting people tweet yeah, their way that to a could first pitch. Quickly devolve into chaos. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, I keep hoping that like the more Twitter followers I get, like maybe next season, you know, like if I have a hundred and thirteen thousand now, if I if I can get up to two hundred thousand, I feel like they'll have to just let me. I think yeah. that's twi- Twitter law. Yeah, who do they usually they usually let celebrities or politicians and and you know keep in mind it's like each each team has 81 home games a year so it's you know it's not always a a huge name uh celebrity Mm. like um you know sometimes it's like hey here's this guy who he's the head coach of a of a local high school team that just won the state championship you know it's like stuff like that where it's right. just like yeah that's not like like i have more name recognition than that dude and that dude's probably like i'm not trying for name recognition i'm a high school teacher it's <laughs> like shut up all we have is our name recognition because we're that's, brainwashed yeah that's all i've got just just that but yeah that's that's my like goal in life if i had like if I had like a make a wish foundation kind of wish, I would be like, I want to, well, if I could choose anything, I'd be like, I want to play an inning for the Cubs. That probably would never happen. <laughs> but, you know, but like, I, I mean, would settle, honestly, I would for throwing out a first pitch. Honestly, I would pay to watch you play with the Cubs. I, it would be awesome. Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah. I would be like, let me play. Uh, Cause I don't want to get hit by, by a ball. Right. Um, that would probably hurt uh so like i'd be like put me in the put me in like the outfield where no one where no one will hit it to me like put me in left field it'll be fine you know the second they do that somebody's gonna hit it right yeah. to you oh uh, and i'm gonna and be so happy and i'll be I'll sitting in the bleachers close my eyes and hold the glove up Hope <laughs> for the best uh you'll hear me cackling yeah um yeah it's not that necessarily being into baseball goes against the progressive brand it's just how into baseball you are. Because I know a lot of progressives who watch football and watch baseball because you guys turn my Twitter timeline into a fucking nightmare anytime there's a game. But you specifically being so into baseball and specifically so into the Cubs, every uh-huh. single time I'm just kind of like, oh, right, 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 right. Right, Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you grew up in Chicago. Yeah, I've, so, I've been here my I've been here my my whole life. And for you know, and the thing that's important to remember here uh, is that for a solid ninety five percent of my life, the Cubs have been awful. Right. Yes. True. <laughs> and they just they they've only been good for the past like two to three seasons. So it's one of those things that I'm used to. Like I'm used to them losing you know, a hundred games a year or something like that. So it's, it's, it's definitely just kind of still an exciting time to be a Cubs fan. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And like, I also grew up in the Chicago area and my dad was really into the Cubs and like Wrigley stadium is beautiful. If you've never seen a baseball game and you're ever in Chicago, it's, it's one of the best stadiums to go see a a game at. So I get it. That was not, judgmental yeah for my uh for my birthday uh kayla got me tickets to like the cubs second game of the season which i am super excited for the the second home game of the season which isn't like april 11th or something like that but yeah i am excited that's awesome 
Um, I was trying to think if I had anything. Oh, I have something that's been making me happy. This is kind of selfish, but uh, you'll hopefully allow me to, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, be selfish, I guess. All right. So I there's a contact form on Light Trees and News, and I didn't even check my email uh because i've been so busy promoting the new podcast everywhere else and trying to get us on all the different uh podcasting platforms and i checked today and there's already like a deluge of emails from people um and so i wanted to read a couple and maybe just field a couple of the most common questions So Olivia wrote in and said, I just listened to the first episode of Light Trees and News, and I wanted to let you know that I'm so excited for your new podcast. The first episode of Citizen Radio I heard over a year ago, you talked about poop for the first 10 minutes. And I have listened to every episode and been a patron since. I really admire your humor, recommendations, and political commentary, and you have helped me process the news when I was feeling low and gotten me through lonely times while living in Thailand without other Americans to commiserate with. I love the upbeat news style of Light Trees and News and can't wait to hear more. Love to all your rockin' co-hosts and kitties as well. Um, Yeah, thank you, Olivia. That was so nice. And there was another email from Morgan. Morgan wanted to know if the show is going to be available on Android. Um, Yes. The, the short answer to all of this is yes. It's just a matter of submitting and when these various platforms pick us up. So as of right now, I believe we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm waiting on Stitcher. I'm waiting on Google Play. Um, but the answer to all of your questions about will you be here is always yes. It's just sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Um, I also wanted to make a plea to everyone, please, please, please go subscribe uh, to Citizen Radio, or to Citizen Radio, (laughs) you already did that, (laughs) to Light Trees and News on uh, iTunes and give us a nice review uh, or rating, whatever the, the word they use is. That helps so much because the way the iTunes rankings work is it's according to how many new subscriptions you're getting. And how many positive reviews you're getting. So honestly, it takes two minutes and it's the biggest thing you can do for the show right now. Because what we're trying to do is get on the the new and uh, noteworthy page of iTunes. And we can't do that unless you go subscribe and give us a nice review. So please do that. Um, I also had a question from Jason uh, who wanted to know if it's better to sign up at my Patreon or go sign up at the Light Treason News website, which, by the way, is lighttreason.news. Here's my shorthand answer. There's going to be different things available on Patreon just because I'm trying to attract people to do both. If, if they're financially able to do so, the show will be free to everyone. But for me, it's better if you sign up via PayPal at the website because Patreon takes a cut for me. So if you sign up at $25 a month, Jason, uh, at my Patreon, I don't get the $25. If you do that at my website, I get the $25. So that's my shorthand version of that. Um, so also Scott said, congratulations on the new podcast. He listened to the entire last episode of Citizen Radio. Oh, by the way, Parker, I love that people are still sending you Flamingo. <laughs> I know. You really, I, I, you did that to yourself. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's one of those things that I, I was like, oh man, I, uh, I did not expect. I expected like five people to do that. And I was like, oh, it's funny. I got a couple. And no. then it's like a bunch of people tweeting like, gifts of flamingos and pictures of flamingos <laughs> and i'm kind of like huh maybe i should have picked a different word yeah i don't know i'm always happy when i see a flamingo yeah i mean it's cool it's cool i'm not complaining uh aaron wrote in and said what a bonkers last episode of cr i loved it and i'm so excited for the new show and then they write also this is for parker flamingo <laughs> ah. you again via email um yeah oh my god we just got another one uh 
Jonathan writes in, Allison, I love this. It feels so up my alley. Uh, love the energy. Love the art. Love Chloe and Rachel. But any who love this, I'll be spreading it around. How I do with podcasts I love. Long live CR. You've guided me through a lot of depressing times. Jonathan, thank you. That's awesome. And thanks to everybody who wrote in. That was just such a nice surprise. And that's why I'm counting it as my good news because I got so distracted with everything else. Um, Because Parker, and I don't know if you know this, but I forgot this. It's really hard to start up a podcast. It's like a lot of work. And I forgot that because the last time I did it was like 13 years ago. Hmm? When no one had podcasts. And also when I wasn't doing anything else, it was pretty much I was just trying to start up a podcast and now I'm doing a bunch of other things and I'm like, oh, this is so much work. But anyway, I'm doing it and I'm loving it that I'm not complaining. Um, but it was just so nice to randomly go to check light trees and, uh, by the way, the email is light trees and news at gmail.com to check the inbox and have all of these really nice things about the new show waiting for me. That was a really nice surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never set up a, had to set up a podcast because I just make a habit of, uh, going on other people's podcasts. So <laughs> honestly, <mostly> yours. <laughs> Honestly, that's the best way to have a podcasting career. It's like none of the responsibility or work for the most part. Uh, you just get Go to up, do like a hundred podcasts yeah, a year and yeah, not yeah. have to actually just be a permanent rotating podcast host. That sounds yeah. like a fucking sweet, it's, sweet gig. It's a sweet, sweet gig, especially when I can do most of it from my apartment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we go, let's end on the best news possible that I can think of. How is Meatball? Um, she she's doing well. She had she had surgery two weeks ago. Yep. Um, two weeks ago today actually, and uh, they they took out a little tumor, and they they found out the tumor is cancerous. Okay. However, um, they they think they got the whole thing. She it's she had a similar one a couple of years ago. Yeah. And she had to have that taken out. So they're kind of like this seems like a thing that happens for her. Yeah, and, and sometimes like, that can happen where they just yeah. like remove the little isolated clumps and she'll continue to be little meatball and thrive yeah so so basically just got to keep an eye on that yeah but you know she's got to get her uh she's got to get her stitches taken out sometime this week and she'll be back at the dog park soon it'll be great i'm i'm looking forward to that during during the the first 15 minutes of the, the show today she was she was on the ground next to me just chewing on this bone (laughs) And uh, again, making like zombie on Walking Dead noises. So love it, love it. When can, she wasn't, and then she finished, and then she was barking as that happened earlier. Can I tell you one of my, the other things that make me so happy is when you post videos of you and Kayla walking Meatball through your neighborhood, <laughs> and Meatball knows the fucking route to the pet uh-huh. store where she gets treats, and she gets so fucking excited when you get to the door that she starts like jumping up and down. Like she she's trying to door. like open the door. She's so tiny. Does she know how tiny she is? She can't uh, open that door. It's, it's pretty great. Um, she's she's done that before, and the place has been closed. Um, and she's very disappointed when that happens. Aww. However, one time she was doing it, and it was like a few minutes before they opened, and she was doing that, and they were like, "Oh, meatball!" And they opened the door, <laughs> oh and, and I was just like, "Wow, royalty here!" Wow, she's VIP. They opened yeah. the business early I for know. her. Wow. She needs a little tenderloin spiral. Didn't uh, you say there was like a new employee who didn't know Meatball didn't and know meatball. all of the other employees like freaked out like she's a fucking celebrity, which I guess she is. She has a oh. Twitter account. Every, everyone who's worked there like before that was like Meatball is Meatball is the best, adorable. And there are some other really great dogs that, that go there. There was oh, there's this one dog that had like a has like a little like tongue that just hangs out the side of the dog's mouth it's a little oh chihuahua it's adorable Oops. it's adorable the dog's name is kevin what kevin, kevin is a girl what <laughs> which makes it even better i love that oh that's not that should be a children's book kevin the girl dog yes <laughs> yes i would buy that sure oh my god parker should we make that should we make a trillion dollars by <laughs> Kevin the Girl Dog, should we make Kevin it? Girl dog. Guys, if there's any artist listening right now who wants to send Kevin the Girl Dog um, art, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. 
I'm gonna help. find a. I'm gonna find a photo of the actual dog and send it to you. Okay, please do. And guys, please help me convince Parker this is a good business idea because I'm coming up with brilliant business ideas all the time, and Parker's always like, "That's dumb." I was like, "I don't know, man." And I think I'm a genius. So right. I yeah. I think I am. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow Parker on Twitter at Parker Malloy. Follow Meatball on Twitter at Omeatball. If you haven't done so already, please go sign up for as little as $5 a month to support Light Treason News. Lighttreason.news. That's the website. And there'll be a whole bunch of perks listed that you'll get when you sign up. Um, some of those perks are to be announced. We're eventually going to have a store and merchandise. $10 a month members will get access to the Friday video podcasts. And yeah, I'm basically still figuring everything out, guys. But you will have some nice perks uh, coming to you for signing up and supporting the show. And thank you so much for all of the support so far. It really means a lot. And guys, go out there. And cause a little trouble. Bye. Bye.